oh my god my allergies my throat is scratchy i just need something to like take the pressure off and just like help me relax you poor thing have you ever considered even for a minute to drink canned. Have you ever thought about drinking canned to make your throat feel better? That's oh. canned with two ends. A delicious <laughs> social tonic infused with <laughs> CBD and THC. Ooh, right. I think that is gonna make me feel better. Where can I get it and how can I save money now, getting it? Just to be clear, it doesn't necessarily cure sore throats, but it will take your mind off the sore throat. You can Perfect. get it at drinkcan.com. That's can with two ends. The flavors are amazing. It, t- it gives you like a little buzz, just the right amount. It's so great. And if you log in and you use uh, the promo code WORSE at okay. checkout, you will get 25% off. 25%. Win, win, win. That's a lotto ticket. That's a lotto ticket. That's right. So go to drinkcan, that's with two ends, drinkcan.com and get yourself some can. And quench your thirst. I need it so bad. you're making it worse i'm elliot glazer i'm brent sullivan and i'm h allen scott we're here we're queer Meh. textual healing okay so uh i thought i would start things off once again um someone from instagram uh sent us a message they sent us a dm and they wanted to know how we're dressed and as always, I'm perfectly happy to oblige. This is, you know, people really like a peek behind the curtain. So, um, all right. So give everyone a, a peek behind the curtain. I'm wearing a red sweatshirt today and, uh, and black jeans. Uh, let's see, Alan is wearing, as always, black flowing silks. And uh, actually, Elliot, uh, Elliot has his camera off. Elliot, can you, uh, can you turn your Zoom camera on? Can you z- turn your Zoom camera on? Okay. Thanks. Oh my Zoom in God. On it. Zoom in on it. Elliot, have you been, you were going to record like that? All right. Well, just to kind of let everyone know, Elliot is out of breath, red faced. Uh, He's covered in scratches, bite marks, uh, body glitter with small patches of whipped cream. Not wearing, he's not wearing any clothing. He's holding yeah. a, a small sprig of leaves covering his genitals. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Elliot. I'm oh, sorry, a large sprig of leaves covering his genitals. Uh, in the background is a twister mat game board saturated in chocolate sauce. Uh, there are, let's see, one, two, three, six, seven, eight, uh, nine strange anonymous men in different stages of undress behind him, some holding things, paddles, stethoscopes, and a gallon container of chocolate sauce. Chocolate sauce. <laughs> you better hope that's chocolate sauce. Right. Okay, Alan, go ahead. You start oh things off. Oh my God. Well, I mean, it is actually appropriate that you described Elliot's home scene the way it is because um, Representative Matt Gates also <laughs> is living like Elliot right now. <laughs> Large and in right. charge and sexually unhinged. Uh, no, Matt Gates. Matt Gates is in hot water and I love to see it. Yeah, Matt, right. Representative Matt Gates from Florida. He's from a pretty prominent 
prominent Florida um, political dynasty, if you uh, a trashy political yeah, dynasty yeah, yeah, in like Florida. Small D, yeah. Yeah, and he is in trouble because uh, federal investigators are examining whether Gates had a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old girl, which would be rape and uh, child molestation, if if he is convicted of that. Um, he allegedly showed off pictures of photos and videos of nude women that he said he had slept with. Now, when all of this came out, I, well, he denies all the allegations, by the way. He denies everything and says that it stemmed from an extortion plot against him and his family. And he believes also that it is because of his ferocious support from Donald Trump, who is nowhere to be seen supporting Gates right now. <laughs> right. Um, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and, and he believes it stems also from that. When all of this news came out, and I posted about it on Instagram, the, the well, to my close friends one, because I didn't want to disrupt mm -hmm. the people, make everyone mm -hmm. angry. Um, but uh, that when the news came out, it was, it, to me, the most shocking thing was that he was dating a, a woman because- yeah, that, Me too. <laughs> I mean, that was the first surprise. I mean, I'm not surprised that he's in trouble and this guy is like disgusting. My favorite video recently of Matt Gates is he was talking about Hunter Biden and how his addiction problems and his, his like the problems that Hunter Biden has struggled with, like many Americans have struggled with addiction in this country and talking about police involvement. And then one of the representatives commented being like, we're not here. We're not here to pass judgment on people's past addiction problems because some of us have like mug shots. Matt Gates was oh. arrested for drunk driving in, in, um, in Florida and he was able to get out of it, et cetera, et cetera. So I hate this person. Yeah. I really hate him. And he, 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 the biggest thing about him, the most gayest thing about him was that a couple of years ago, he suddenly had a 19 year old son. Like he just quote like, unquote son, quote unquote son. Quote, yeah, yeah. yeah. Out of nowhere, he started describing this son. So a picture of him that he posted came out online and it was this young Cuban American man, 19 years old. And uh, everyone was wondering who is this person. And then Matt Gates said he went on Tucker Carlson and said that it was his son. And it turns out this young man is the brother of a former girlfriend who now lives with Matt Gates, and yeah. he calls him his son. Did and did he say he legally adopted him or something? And the I guess the other thing that kind of struck people was that they they had they took a lot of photos together that seemed like the kind of photo you would take with a boyfriend. Yeah, and this the quote unquote son is I would say seems like kind of like mask gay. I, I remember looking at his picture and thinking like, oh, that's that's a gay guy. Sort of that was just my initial reaction. And then to to learn that he was like linked with Matt Gates was was certainly a surprise. Yeah, and I that's mean, I obviously what the internet was kind of buzzing about as well, I felt. Well, and the thing is, is like he to this up until two weeks ago, he was talking about his son not being able to go on spring break in Florida because of because of, you know, COVID restrictions and stuff. And so he continues to, to have this narrative. There was a website that I forget which website, but it went, I think, Queerty went back like 10 years of his campaign documentation, never mentions anything about a son until it was convenient for him. And and it kind of came out of nowhere. And this person, Matt Gates is like the definition of like a despicable politician, like yeah, yeah, yeah. benefiting off of his family, getting out of DUIs. He, the only reason why he has a seat, but I did love that um, Liz Cheney, uh, Liz Cheney's communications director said something recently that um, elected officials in their state, like men in their state don't have to wear makeup in order to like do their job, which he was making fun of Matt Gates for that. I don't want to make fun of men wearing makeup. I don't think that's a smart thing to do, but if it's Matt Gates, I will accept it. <laughs> yeah, I also uh, uh, I also still remember and am still so disturbed by 
at the beginning of coronavirus when he was on the Senate floor and he wore yes. a gas mask. Yeah. And the gas mask was, I think, supposed to be a joke about how mocking mask, uh, mocking masks yeah. and, and coronavirus. And, and then he think, got coronavirus. And then he got coronavirus. I just think he's such a despicable person. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, look, I guess if he's not gay, then like, great. He's not he's not involved with our people. But at the same time, I'm just it's all so confusing that part of me is like, well, is he just what what is his deal? Is he is he so he's involved with allegedly in sex trafficking? And do we yeah. think that that the son is part of that? Like, why? I don't think the son is. I well, I mean, I could I could son. see the son being part of it. I don't know. I don't know the relationship well, with the son. I don't, I don't even know if he's gay. Like, I don't I don't know any of that. All I know is that this person got into Congress because of the money that his family and, you know, rich connected people spent in order to get him into Congress. And then when he got into Congress, he turned into a monster who became a shrill for Donald Trump, who decided to mock other politicians and do crazy things, vote against LGBTQ, you know, support and representation in the, and, and then goes out and says, I don't know why everyone thinks I'm gay. I, it's, it wouldn't be a bad thing if I was gay, like as if, he supports gay people, but then he goes and he votes against anything that supports gay people. And mm. he is the worst. He is the definition of like the politicians that came out of the Trump era. Matt Gates mm. is this poster child. He is the poster yeah. child for this this kind of despicable human being. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's horrifying. Horrifying. Imagine seeing him naked, though. Do you think like... Ugh. Uh, do you think Honestly, has- I'm I'm more focused on his head. He is such yeah. like I think he I have does. a big head. A his head is head. like he looks like a Dick Tracy villain. Massive head. Yeah. <laughs> he does look like a Dick Tracy villain. I love so Dick Tracy, by the way. I did too. Oh. I was obsessed with Dick Tracy as a kid. Mm, I, I always wanted to be flat top. I would, oh. I would I would comb my hair to make me look like flat top. We went out of our way to get the the mask, the, the face toy. You remember that in the, from the movie? Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, I Madonna. had to have it. I had to. Madonna. Have it. Spoiler alert! It was Madonna. <laughs> Thirty years <Her> later. <laughs> Not even joking. So we're here with David Odyssey of the podcast The Luminaries. Hello, David. I I am absolutely delighted to be with you. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are you? So you are. Um, oh no, go ahead. Go no, please go off. I I have nothing to say. Nothing <laughs> here he has I nothing to respond off. to with how am I? I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. Well, you do. I mean, you do. You are. You do a lot of things. You're a writer. You're a performer. But you're also an astrologist, right? Yes, I do astrology and tarot. Um, mm. Yes, oh. thank God. Yeah, yeah. And when and so talk a little bit about the the luminaries because I listened to a few episodes. I was familiar with you personally be- uh, before that, but I just think your sort of your 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 um I don't know the the corner that you've the market the corner that you've cornered. What's the term? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I don't know. Sure, your corner of everything. The, the Venn diagram of what you do is so interesting <laughs> to me. You sort he of apply astrology to everything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, when my I started my podcast in 2019, and it was just me like interviewing people in the New York because I I am from more of a journalism background, and I think I interviewed Elliot for Time Out in like 2016, which is psycho. Mm. Um, interviewed me? I think so. I think you oh. did a haunting traditions, and I, oh. but, but it was literally like you know it was eons ago. I think Obama may have been president. All um, right. So don't worry about it. But uh, my podcast started as like a straight up interview podcast, just like interviewing New York performers, kind of a lot of the people you interview in the last in the latest incarnation and iteration. It is 
I bring people on and whoever they're a fan of, like uh, last week, Shane O'Neill and I did Anna Nicole. Uh, Diane Weist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we'll get into. Um, we'll do that that person's astrology. So we'll talk about your love of Diane Weist while we break <laughs> down her career through a kind of cosmic framework. Uh-huh. Um, and I love it. It's been great. I love, wait, I love so, that. Wait, I love that Brent said Diane Weist as if she was like on a different level than Anna Nicole. When I don't think Brent realizes Diane Weist is right up there with Anna Nicole in the gay world. Like Diane mm. Weist is an icon. I don't know. Yeah. You know I don't think she's up there with that. She's Girl, camp- quite oh, an yeah, icon. She's, but... She is a meme icon. She truly. I was watching. <laughs> I watched The Lost Boys last week. Yeah. She is someone who has been the same age forever. Yes. Forever. In, yeah, in a like, bad way, in a bad way, twenty years ago, in a great way now. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, and and she will outlive us all. But but yes, I should do her next. Did you guys yeah. watch? Did you he watch? Has I, something. I care a lot. Mm-hmm, I did. No, it's a movie on Netflix. The one that Rosamund She's Pike is in. really good in it. Diane mm. Weist is so good in this so good. movie. Mm. Okay, you messed with Writing the wrong old lady. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, wait, let me ask you a question because I actually don't know a lot about astrology. You Neither are. Neither do I. You're. Are you predicting? You are you predicting the future? Or are you telling people like where they are in their life, like path? Yeah, it's kind of an archetypal, and same with tarot. It's it's uh it's a macro archetypal uh, synthesization of the the forces that are kind of driving you and the mm-hmm. kind of characteristics that are swirling around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're looking, it, it's fun to do it with a known icon or legend like I did Britney Spears a few weeks ago, because then you can look at their larger career. When I'm reading one of you one-on-one, it, uh, it would be more kind of of the moment uh, mm-hmm. and what's led you here and kind of what your skills are and what your gifts are, et cetera. Why, why, why do you think that, I mean, I find particularly, and this is not a read on you, but homosexuals are most annoying with astrology than oh, any other is, demographic out there. Why, oh, why do you, why yeah. do you think that is? It's it's such a cheap identity signifier. And I think that what has happened in the kind of like grinder gulag that we're in, especially now that gay people are being like, quote unquote, accepted by the larger mainstream, we think that we have to have these like identity signifiers to present, which is, you know, my war on scruff are when like bodybuilders will put like board game geek or like I'm a Marvel nerd. To me, it's that's the next level of being like, oh, well, I'm a Scorpio. And it's like, okay, well, you're a Scorpio among other things, which could mean a lot of things and has all sorts of permutations. I mean, listen, I celebrate claiming your sign and, you know, taking that on, but there is this kind of like enforcement and this like, Mm -hmm. I'm this and you're this. I do not like when people, I do not like the scenario when one says something or, or does something and somebody else says, what sign are you? And you say, in my case, Gemini, and they're like, "Yep, yeah." And I'm like, fuck <laughs> oh, you yeah. for it's not, speaking it's not this fuck code. You. I, I just feel bad that they act that they think. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of people obviously who love it and, and follow it, but I'm just like, how could you? How could you? How could you think that's like true? I, I just mean in yeah. that moment. I don't mean in general. I mean in that or, moment. Yeah, yeah. Or like, somebody's classifying you. 
by yeah. your sign. And it's like, we just met. I, I just don't like that. It's it's that. like the, it's the, it's the, it's, it's sort of the judgment of, oh, well, this is the type of person you must be because Correct. of this one word or this Correct. one thing. You know what I say to that? I say, how dare you? But that said, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to necessarily claim cancer as my identity, but I mean, to the guys here, I definitely probably do. But I drunkenly, and I was 19 years old, got a cancer tattoo and my astrological gorgeous. sign. Wow. Well, it's, 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 it's gorgeous that way, but if you turn it to the side, it says 69. 69. <laughs> so it's not, it's not quite gorgeous. It's more- It's a little waterbendery though. It's me, very like Katara having yeah. it on your wrist. Let I me think. also yeah. ask you a question though, David. Are, do you, on. on a date or, or just in, in general life, if someone mentions that they think astrology is hogwash, do you get offended? I do just because I, I, I find it unremarkable. And I think this is another aspect. Like, I think that gay people are so traumatized by like spirituality and religion. So there is um, a kind of race to cynicism that I also find a little bit um, repulsive. And I do think like the idea that someone is fascinated by something is very exciting. And the idea that you would be completely cut off to that is a little uh, bleak. And, you know, I've done readings for people where they might as well have their arms crossed. And it's like, okay, listen, sure. I'll meet you where you are. But like, come on, you know what I mean? Uncross the arms. Come and on. also I'm like, I am so, I am on a constant search for some end to the suffering. And like this weekend I got an Akashic reading, I got acupuncture, like, so I'm kind of open to everything, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I just find cynicism generally. What's a, what's I'm a, cynical cause I'm like a thousand years old, but about like that sort yeah. of thing, I'm like, yeah. And, and, and yeah. I, I've gotten in, in fights with men on dates or after sex where they're like, religion is bad. And it's like, okay, well, you can't just say like all religion or all mm -hmm. astrology is bad. Like that's just such a crazy supposition to make, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I personally I, like, oh, sorry, Brent. No, no, <clears throat> sorry. no, Ellie, Ellie, go, go. I was go. gonna say, I've never gotten into astrology, but once I, the, the few times that I've had it explained to me, I respect it and understand it because if you don't mind even talking about it a little bit, it's all it's all based in like star signs and like real things. It's sort of like a mix of faith and science. And like, do you, do you mind talking in general about what, what that is, that, that type of astrology is? Yes, I mean, listen, for me, I think astrology and the tarot, it's the same. It's very Jungian, it's very archetypal. Uh, it's a lot of like numerology, uh, symbology and these kind of assigned meanings and of course they both run on based on the elements so earth fire water air and then yes there there is the kind of actual cosmology but they're so informed by i mean this is the other aspect that i love about both of them which i do think is queer most religion most organized religion is stolen from other religions, but won't admit to it, right? right. I do think that, that astrology and tarot have an admitted um, borrowing from, uh, so there's Arabic astrology tarot traditions, which then feed into Hellenistic astrology. You know, there's this kind of um, developing uh, code of many colors aspect to it. Dolly. So that, 
Exactly. And that brings in all these different mythologies and beliefs. And uh, so it's a nice mix and you can kind of find your way wherever you like it. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing too, is like, I wouldn't be competitive with another astrologer because I know we'll be seeing things differently. Yeah, isn't isn't astrology like a connection to Kabbalah? Like there's the Jewish sort of isn't there like a deep yes. root in that? That's yeah. Astrology and tarot and tarot has a tree of life spread. It's it's very mm-hmm. Kabbalistic and very like Jewish. Everything's shit. Jewish. It never ends. Yeah. I know. It never ends, by yeah. the way. And oh yeah, and astrology has Lilith, who who is like this major figure in your chart, who is, you know, comes from the Garden of Eden mythology, who comes straight out of the Kabbalah. I just read about I just read the book of Lilith, which was fascinating. Mm. Uh, yeah, the Old Testament is so bizarre. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah. You know, because uh I also have a question because I we we have a, some family members that are really into astrology, and I also remember what was it 2010, 2012, uh, ast- astrologers realized their chart was off, and so mm. there was like a realignment of the chart. And I I remember if you don't mind me saying, and I say this lovingly, David, I am certainly a bit of a, a cynic when it comes to astrology. Live, laugh, um, love. But but this is an open, loving space, just so you know, and I. I when welcome has it ever all. been open and loving? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like to me, like wouldn't that make you question? Like you, someone would spend a decade of their life looking at a chart and giving readings yeah. based off of what they found out was mis- in- inaccurate information. Wouldn't that okay? So seeds of doubt. Classically, uh, my divorced parents have different accountings of my birth time. Um, and they argue that they disagree, which is outrageous. That's why. Um, Isn't speaking there a of like the of Jewish, it? yeah, it's, just it's in my story. grandmother's house in Tel Aviv. It's a whole okay. So <laughs> at one point, I just decided I was going to believe one parent over the other, and that is my astrology. When I am, you know, forty, I may discover it was all a lie. However. Um, I, for me, I, I just kind of made the decision of like, okay, I, I'm able to ascribe meaning to this. Uh-huh. I'm able to ascribe meaning to these archetypes. This happened, by the way, when they decided Pluto wasn't a planet. Mm. I don't care. It, Pluto is like, Wait, I'll never the go of, there. You what know? does the time of birth have to do with... I, I never understood that. Yeah. Um, so the astrology chart gets its its sense of uh you're able to locate the the beginning of the hero's journey of the astrology chart Mm. based on the rising sign the rising sign is the sign that was breaking over the eastern horizon when you were born so you need that birth time just to get a little bit more of your your individual pov without it we can still you know i did for the podcast i did uh nas the rapper i did his chart this weekend mm. he doesn't have a rising Little that's nas publicly X, available as we say it? Yeah. no no yeah. no 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 i wish nas, um, real nas so original nas so you know he we didn't have his rising and i was still able to like glean a lot but the rising really gives you the kind of direction and that's why you need that exact time so wow. your heart so your your horoscope is determined by the by the the planets right by the the planets Yes. Uh, the planets are the who. The planets are the kind of the actors and they are in a dialogue and you see how the planets are relating to one another. Yeah. The signs, so the horoscope signs uh, are the what. That's kind of the 
what is the subject matter that's being interplayed. And then the houses, which is uh, when you look at an astrology chart, it's kind of a wheel. There's 12 houses that kind of break things up into this hero's journey progression is the where that's the location that's kind of gives you the scene well I, so like okay the one thing i always want to ask someone who does anything with astrology or like tarot or anything is can you tell me when i'm going to die okay tell i in in every book that i have almost every book that i've read of astrology is obsessed with princess diana like yeah. obsessed and they are able to really extrapolate a lot i personally do not do anything about this is you are or are not going to break up with your boyfriend or you will like i don't do any wow. i would never say anything like that to someone just because i think it's like a lawsuit waiting to happen and it's so yeah, traumatic it definitely is having a someone tell you that shit, you know yeah but i want to know is it is, does that mean that your job is to keep things subjective or slightly mysterious is that part of the uh, the job or is that part of the allure do you do that on is that a thing you would do purposefully like i'm i always am just yeah. curious where i guess truth and not it's not fiction but truth and maybe like faith i guess co come into play i okay i have learned uh, pre-astrology, uh, this has been like a lot of my uh, family, uh, Jewish family enmeshment lesson, is that I cannot save anyone, okay? Mm. So if someone's going to kill themselves, I am not going to be the one who can stop them. If someone's going to quit their job or not going to quit their job, I'm not going to have, you know, if someone's going to stay in a shitty relationship, I think like everyone knows this, like when your friend gets in a shitty relationship and you speak up about it, they're not going to listen to you. Right. And if you don't speak, it, it doesn't matter. So I, for me with an astrology or a tarot reading, I will meet you where you are. I can give you advice and intuitive archetypal kind of framework with mm. which to understand your choices but i it is not on me to um to to tell you what to do because i don't think you would there are times i think when someone's ready to hear oh this relationship is is kind of over and the cards you know will say like all right enough but if you're not ready i, I, I you know i the reading and the intuition and the guides that are kind of at work will meet you where you are. You know? Lawsuits coming for you. I hear the sirens. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I was I was gonna say, obviously this is astrology is different than, than psychics, but I've watched a lot of I, I I love watching psychic fail videos online. And my favorite comes, I know they're so good. I love it. When it comes to psychics, like I find it perfectly acceptable when they are giving sort of like vague guiding advice as most of them do. Uh, oh, you know, I'm talking to your grandma. She loves you. She misses you. She's in heaven. She's happy. Sort of providing like some solace. Um, th that to me feels like, like fine, morally yeah. acceptable. Teresa Caputo. And, yeah. And, and, but occasionally like a Sylvia Brown will give advice where they, they do actually say sort of like nefarious things or she drowned your kid, your kid is dead. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> and she obviously doesn't know that. And that's when I, that's when you're kind of like, like you were saying, David, like it's sort of a lawsuit waiting to happen. And it really makes you think of that person as sort of like a bad nefarious person. Sylvia Brown. She seems very <laughs> kind hearted and altruistic. Right, right. I had a reading this past week that was pretty traumatic where 
I have a lot of repressed memories of sexual abuse and the guides who were speaking to the reader remembered something and brought it up that I don't have a memory of. And it was ethically very fucked up. I'm grateful that they spoke it to me, but it was very fucked up. Uh, and yeah, there are definitely ethics there. Um, I'm sorry. Can you, without, without <laughs> revealing, I, wait, can you yeah. explain that a little bit with that? You don't have to, obviously don't feel like totally. you have to reveal anything, but I, explain what you mean. Cause I'm fascinated. I got an Akashic reading, which is amazing. It was really incredible. What is and, Akasha? Uh, well, Akasha is the queen of the damned from the Aaliyah movie, first of all. Oh. Secondly, an Akashic reading is when the Akashic records, which are these, it's kind of the library of past, present, and future of all human consciousness. Uh, a reader opens the records and has the teachers, loved ones, guides, and masters basically answer questions for you. Mm -hmm. So it's really next level. It was really incredible. But there was one point where they brought something up that I am aware of through therapy and recovery, but I don't have memory of. So I'm aware that there's some sexual trauma involving these certain symptoms and aspects. They brought up basically the event that I don't have memory of. And the reader started weeping. <laughs> and she she said, you know, she, she brought up an aspect of it and I was like, yeah. She started weeping and she said, I'm so sorry. And I could tell it was real and they were coming through to her. And I was like, okay, you guys, thank you for like affirming this, but also like, fuck you that you guys can remember this and I can't. You know, it, it was it was really like, interesting and complicated um, and i'm grateful wild. for it but i'm still kind of processing it and i know my therapist will be pissed because ethically <laughs> it's crazy you know yeah. yeah but also aren't aren't all ethics well not all ethics but isn't it sort of off the table because it's not necessarily like a clinical space where confidence is I don't know. It, it, it doesn't, yeah. it feels, and of course, I mean, totally. it's awful that you'd have to be put through that in any capacity, but I, but I wonder if it's just like all totally. bets are off. If you're going into like a thing where somebody is just going to be pulled, you know, re totally. reading you. I, I don't know. I, I'm no, you're right. You're right. And I, I've had this issue where I, where I'm bringing up other people's childhood trauma. And I actually, I think this was a learning experience for me of like how to package that. Because I'll just be like, okay, clearly your mom was an alcoholic based on your astrology. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, and, and I think I actually am uh, quite sensitive about that, just to be clear about that. Like, I, I don't think I'm so savage about that. But yeah, it, it is an interesting dialogue to have about the... And again, I do think it is, I was ready to hear that from those guides. Like I really was, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I think, you know, I'm capable of meeting someone where they are mm. and like, mm. I, 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 I wouldn't, I, I don't think I would like attack someone or spring anything right. if they're not you know, ready. Can, can I ask another question? So when you, you just gave an example a second ago about how like clearly your mom, your mom was an alcoholic and I can tell that from your chart. So like, yes. here's my question. So let's say you do two charts of two people born on the same day. Uh, in let's say the year Elliot was born, 1970, people born in <laughs> 1970. And like, how, like, how do you determine that? What are the clues that you get from reading their chart that says one person's mom is an alcoholic uh, that doesn't pertain to everyone born on that day? Um, totally. how, yeah, how does that work? 
Um, yeah, they've done this sort of thing because it does come down to the rising sign because the rising sign is is about the the actual minute you're born. And I think they've done stuff with twins that I don't really care about. For me, the planets have a uh, all of this is so multivalent and that's where the intuition comes in. And you know, today I started a reading with someone and I hadn't really gotten what what was going on. And then, you know, I, I was reading this person with a lot of Jupiter and Sagittarius, and I thought it was about, oh, they're obsessed with travel and and expansion and excess, but actually it was another meaning of, of Jupiter, which is about academia. And then I found out they had this whole history involving academia and they have all this stuff with their parents who are academics. So, and then I was able to respond accordingly. I am at the point, I used to spend hours craned over a book making sure before each reading I didn't get anything wrong. I am at the point where I research a person's chart a little bit, but it's more just about being present where they are. So mm -hmm. of course your life circumstances will be different. And like, I'm a Taurus, Hitler is a Taurus, Barbara Streisand is a Taurus, okay? so. It, it, it's more about the intuition and it's the same with the tarot. Like I'm going to meet you where you are. Um, in terms of the determination stuff, the planets and the archetypes at play have been around for eons. Some of the planets are only new. Pluto is only about a century that we've discovered it. So a lot of the archetypes that are at play, I think their meaning is still being discovered. And mm. I think it can have different permutations for different people. You know? I have a really important question um, that Go I just, off. the whole time you've been talking, I've just only been thinking about this. How did you contain yourself from saying you in danger girl when you gave a reading to Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> Like, were you okay. able to not say that, like, physically? Because I wouldn't be able to. I don't think you get I you didn't get, read. Whoopi what'd you Goldberg. do? Oh, you just read, like, Whoopi Goldberg and John. I Goldberg. had a fan. Of, I had a comedian who's inspired by her work, and we talked about Whoopi's chart. No, I, well, that's that's unfortunate. But also, like, <laughs> did you did you use that line frequently in the reading? Mm -hmm. I think that Ghost is one of the few examples of a person who truly deserves to win the Oscar winning yes! Oscar. That, that moment when they introduce her, when she walks out of the closet is, it's like in me in this yeah. like profound, uh, yeah, anyways. There are two examples of psychics in the world that I look to for everything. One is from the Golden Girls and two it's Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Mm -hmm. Like those two examples are psychics to me. But it was Jean, interesting. Jean yeah, Gene Dixon. It was interesting even studying Whoopi's chart because, for instance, Whoopi is a double Scorpio in the same way that RuPaul is a double Scorpio. And it was interesting to compare their careers. Whoopi is a Scorpio son. And there is an interesting lineage of women comedians who are Scorpio sons. Roseanne, Parker Posey, uh, Goldie Hawn. And it was interesting to put her within that framework too. So mm. to me, the astrology... I don't need, I could never pretend to know Whoopi Goldberg's uh, destiny, but it was interesting to put her in a larger framework, which I think the astrology does. Um, it, it gives you these kind of uh, archetypes with which you can kind of understand where a person is. And anytime I read someone, I look up their celebrity peers and, and it can be really interesting, you know? Oh, I wonder who mine are. Yeah, well, 
we'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this <laughs> yeah. has been so fascinating. I could, it's just so interesting to me and uh, you're so, you know, um, um, well spoken about it that I think even for cynics, it's just, it's truly just, uh, it, it really is fascinating. And, and uh, I would love to get a reading at some point. Anytime. I think that would be really fun. And like, yeah, if you're really Can you do it over Zoom? I do it always over Zoom, yes. Because that way I can show you what's going on. And I do tarot over Zoom too, like, which I love because I can be in my own domain, which I really prefer. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a Taurus. So, um, yeah, I would love that. And listen, yeah, for cynics, think of it as like a, a... a, a Rorschach test, you know what I yeah, mean? Or, yeah. or just pulling up what's, what you're seeing, you know? Yeah. I'm sort of, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like a, as much as a cynic as Brent, God love him. Uh, I'm oh, just saying. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> but I sort of, I'm sort of in the middle where I'm fascinated by it. I'm curious about it. Um, and just, I guess, I don't know. I feel like I'm very curious. open to it, but like at the same time, it's like it's like with ghosts. Like I'm dying for a ghost to come visit me, but because I'm so like chill and don't care about it, like I don't, I'm not like scared of ghosts or anything. They won't ever come to me because I'm not spooked. Yeah. They're they're like you're too boring. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't have that gift. I know people who do see spirits. I don't have that. I, I know that I'm intuitive, but I don't have that. Do you like do you watch Long Island Medium? Mm. No, <laughs> I, I, I highly I, I, suggest I, you yeah. do. <laughs> I Long you Island, do. It, it's so. It's oh, all I about could, Teresa Caputo. I love. I could write a, dis- <laughs> a dissertation, <laughs> David. Uh, people can listen to you uh, on the Luminaries podcast, and where should they follow you? The Luminaries with David Odyssey, baby. I am on Instagram, David underscore Odyssey. Just to remind, you know, uh, our very literate guests, Odyssey is spelled O D Y S S E Y. I do tarot and astrology, and yeah, please listen to my podcast and. Um, Amazing. I'm happy to read you. I can't wait to get a Book reading. Thank it. you, David. Ellie wants to be read. Thank, Thank you, you, David. Um, it was nice to meet you all. Thank you. And another thing. So uh, I've been watching the Real World San Francisco on Paramount Plus, um, which I'm excited about. I, you know, I've always hoped. Wait, that what I'm year t- was that? That was ages ago, right? Ninety four. 93 to 94 93. yeah yeah wow. and paramount plus is pretty great i it, i really like it actually we've too. been watching survivor on it endlessly it's so oh, good right yeah they've mm. always i've always wanted to see like shitty mtv shows and 90s mtv shows resurface yeah. somewhere and so mm-hmm. they are surfacing here a little bit for sure full and, uh, catalog of twilight zone too which is very good but that's yeah. also on netflix but anyway continue well the real world unfortunately they've they're only they have like the first three or four and then they they completely yeah they, they have cut nothing miami until like, new yeah, orleans nothing Mont- until boston like, yeah they cut all the the great ones which i yeah. wanted to go back and watch but mm. hopefully they'll put those in the library all of that being said i'm re-watching san francisco and it is such an interesting and fun watch it's really just you know a really early um early experiment in reality tv and just things were slower but it's so fascinating but obviously you know pedro zamora is so central to the show yeah um because he was like the first of his kind as a um he is hiv you know in the show he's hiv he's hiv positive and he's young and handsome and charismatic and he's a he speaks publicly about hiv he's a uh uh community um sort of activist and leader and gives talks about it and i just you know i i watching it now as an adult um it makes me think you know i just look at him differently than i did when i was a kid and 
although I must have come to the real world late, I didn't really know what to make of him other than that he seemed like an, a great guy. Um, yeah. But I wonder how much he, if at all, touched, you know, touched you guys. When yeah, younger. he was big for me. I mean, he that was a big, because that was sort of, I mean, I was a little too young to watch it regularly. Like, I didn't watch. Yeah, I never I watched wasn't, it. I wasn't, I, real world came to me in like the late 90s, and I sort of backed yeah. up when they did reruns and stuff. But I remember... I was too afraid, I think, maybe to like look to and ask my mom about like what it was all about and stuff. But I remember there was so much news coverage because President Clinton, when when he died, when Pedro died, President Clinton gave a statement about it. And it was like a oh, it was wow. a it was a big cultural thing for this person to have died. And right. And and it just it, it kind of scared. I mean, it didn't scare me, but it just made me uncomfortable because it was a conversation around gay stuff that like yes. I didn't know how to communicate as like a young I wasn't even a teenager then like it was it was uh yeah it was complicated you know yeah. it did it uh, we were um we were a no MTV household growing up uh we, it was just like my mom deemed MTV like too like crass and inappropriate so like wow so we had cable, but it was like, you couldn't really watch MTV. I, to the point where even like in late high school, I felt like uncomfortable putting it on. <laughs> I remember watching like real world Chicago and, and like w always like taping it and then like watching it after my parents went to bed. That's so funny. Um, yeah. Uh, but I obviously knew of him and uh, you know, he had a, obviously a cultural impact and he seemed like a nice guy. And Well, and that show, I mean that, if you think about, there were other TV shows that did scripted queer content i mean not many but there was my so-called life and there were an nypd blue you had depictions of queer people in weird sort of cliche ways but like the real world went out of its way to almost show sort of like queer life in urban cities yeah in all of its sort of awkward the awkward nuances of queer life in urban yeah. cities because san francisco was at that time in a really peculiar place because of the aids epidemic and because yeah. of the shifting dynamics of gentrification in San Francisco and, you know, the gay liberation mm. sort of really taking effect in like the, the nineties in San Francisco and what that was like for these, you know, seven strangers picked to live in a house. And it was, yeah. Yeah. It, it really, it, it was really groundbreaking TV. Yeah, you, it truly was. Oh, sorry, Brent, go ahead. I was, well, I was actually going to segue a little bit. Go ahead, Elliot. No, just, just to, to you know, now watching it now, it's a, uh, it's just, it's fascinating. He's so, um, He's so accessible and you can, you just, you just, uh, you know, it's, it's so, in, it's just so interesting to watch because yeah, it's a different era where. And because of the people he H, was with. Because of the people he was with. Also Rachel, who is now married to Sean Duffy from another real world. And they're both like conservative monsters with like a million <laughs> children. And they're both on Fox news. I actually was watching an episode and when I turned it off and back on cable literally she, it was her hosting oh my god Fox news yeah. show and that was on she was interviewing peter she navarro gonna, she was going to be on the view she wait, went, wait, wait, the, what's her response to to pedro though in in is she like one of so the republican first, conservative yeah, so naysayers at, so at first she is very scary about it and like is scared that she's going to get it from him and that it's like she, she's i mean she's very you know obviously it was a different time but she's She's very um, cautious and ignorant and yeah. juvenile, but then they do grow a bond, and it's it's really only <laughs> it's really Puck who surprised me because he seems so down and chill, and like he's such like a San Francisco punk that I would have assumed he was very <laughs> liberal minded, and in a way he is, but he still is like annoying kind of a douche. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't know if you would say homophobic, but he's just 
he's just gross all around. And so it but was, it was Sean picked him out was, on purpose. It was Sean in the house who Sean and the other woman in the house, they're married now. I forget her name. Oh, oh you mean Judd and Pam. Judd and Pam, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm. Um, Sean is Pedro's husband. Well, or husband, yeah. Partner, legally partner. And uh, but but Judd what sort of really struck me watching it in the late 90s after it had been years on the air was sort of that awkward relationship with straight men that I think every queer man sort of goes through in like how you navigate and communicate that that back and forth between the straight man and the sort of the queer man and Judd really sort of personified for me the possibilities of engaging with another man that was straight and how he can be supportive and loving. And he became, I mean, he carries on sort of in a way, him and Sean and and they carry on sort of like the the legacy of Pedro in a lot of ways. Yeah, Judd even wrote a good graphic novel. He's a cartoonist and he wrote a graphic novel about him that is heartbreaking, but just beautifully done. And and I I thought the novel was actually a little too graphic, but- um, sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, uh, in a a similar note, uh, similar vein, I should say, on, on YouTube, I discovered that the entire season of Real World New Orleans, which is sort of the other, like the next sort of like Big uh, gay quintessential character. gay character from, yeah. and I won't go, go into it. I've, I only watched a couple episodes, but it is so funny again to look back, you know, 22, three years or whatever and see how dramatic being gay is. Yeah. Like by that point in New Orleans, everyone's a little bit more accepting and, but like, Danny, who is the gay character, is like, he's like, I have a secret and I'm not telling you. And and like, and it's like this big thing. Obviously, his boyfriend at the time's in the military. The military. And can't show don't his ask, face. don't tell was a big thing. Don't yeah. Ask, the, don't tell the, still the blurred thing. face was blurred so face. jarring to me yeah. because it was yeah. it just was so strange to see it. Yeah, and like he's like, you know, you at the time you're watching this and you're like, oh, he's so madly in love. And like looking back, you're like, no, he's just like a fucking dumb, like 20 year old, like the, who thinks he's in love, but he isn't like, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's even I watching, think, but, go ahead. Even watching the real world now. I'm like, they're in their twenties. They look like they're in their forties. It's yeah. so weird. <laughs> but Seattle to me was like the penultimate. That's when I like, I, Seattle was just, it had this one character, I forget her name, but she she was the quiet sort of meek one at the beginning of the season. Irene. And then Irene, Irene yes. And then she <clears throat> flipped and became the villain and evil and like it was the best television I've ever seen. That was Steven. Well, she, she wasn't the villain. How dare she, you, she was just Alan. She, she became villainous. Very villainous. Was she? I don't I thought yeah. Steven was the villain. Well, he was also the villain. They were kind too. of in it together, but like she turned. She you know, was kind of I don't know, dude, maybe yeah. Alan has some sort of uh, unconscious, unconscious discomfort with women, and it's <laughs> coming out in when it comes to. I mean, I, I real when they world. put that on Paramount Plus. We're gonna do a rewatch of that because I. Oh that hell was, yeah! That was like quite that, and and Hawaii were also a season where the gay character. There were two characters. There was a gay man, and there was I think a bisexual woman on Hawaii, and the the gay Ruthie. male character also turned. He was Wait, like the I nice just, one in the beginning, yes. and then in the end flipped and left early. I remember I this. I remember wow. this because two things. One, I for, you're right. Irene was the villain because she left by telling Steven he's gay, which is like, yeah. fuck you. I, you look back at that now and you're like, fuck you. Like, yeah. fuck you. He did turn and, out gay though. He did come he out. Did, he did. He also, is gay. But also <laughs> taunting, taunting him with that is so rude. It's so rude. Yeah. And then secondarily, that guy who was the villain 
on the real world Hawaii, I remembered him very distinctly because I Which saw one? him. Which one? The gay guy? The gay guy? The lawyer. Yeah, the scary Harvard lawyer dude. Yeah, yeah, with the bleach blonde hair. Yeah. Yes. I saw him at the gym in New York and I was like, I know who you are, but I think most people don't know who you are, <laughs> yeah. but I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> he had a nose that was, I think, very, I think I sent a picture of him to you, Brent, and was like, mm. I think he's your type. And I love a big nose. You love I it, yeah. love a big nose. <laughs> That's anti Semitic, though. <laughs> Keeping that in. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? I'm still waiting for the real world Long Island. <laughs> oh, the, the shit. I, I would watch the that would shit. Be, that would be so good. Oh, my God. Uh, um, my Aunt Joanne would say, I already know my sign. A grade A bitch with cunt rising. <laughs> would she say cunt? No, she never would. She would never say bitch. I just have made her into this monstrous yeah, character. How it. about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, I've never seen the real world, but when your Uncle Ray has dairy, the bathroom sounds like seven strangers picked to live in a house. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent. Alan Scott. <laughs> and I am H. Louise Sullivan. Sullivan. Yeah, Louise. And I, I, I can't say any bad words here anymore. <laughs> love you, Alan. <laughs> you don't love me. Oh, you really you. don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> ¶¶